Hey everyone, hey, you know, it's Jonathan Lip here from the Big Apple Film Festival. We're looking forward to our winter edition starting uh, February 5th and running through February 7th. Uh, and our closing night documentary film, A Girl Named C, uh, directed by Emily Cassie, who is with us today. Hello, Emily, and thank you for speaking with me today. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, so first, we're going to talk about uh, A Girl Named C in just, just a moment. Um, but first, I want to ask you... Um, Documentary filmmaking um, in this generation, I think, has become a lot more sort of mainstream over the years. Um, you know, filmmakers like Errol Morris, Morgan Spurlock, Michael Moore have kind of brought, uh, you know, the uh, the craft of documentary filmmaking more so into the into the mainstream. Um, how do you see the future of documentary films? Do you see it becoming a bigger thing? Um, you know, just as big as narratives. What do you, how do you, how do you think about the, the future of documentary filmmaking as a whole? I think it's a great time to be a documentary filmmaker and um, be connecting audiences with real life subjects um, and getting them closer to some of the um, experiences and problems, issues going on in the world as globalization has increased, so has our interconnectedness and documentary film really provides an opportunity for people to get a kind of uh, inside look at, at what another person's experience is like. And it's exciting to see it being popularized on sites like Netflix and Hulu. Um, so I, I think it's, it's going to continue to head in that direction. Um, I'm hoping that it could potentially have the same sort of impact um, in theatrical as narrative films that haven't quite reached that point, but more and more you're seeing movies um, that are documentaries doing well in the box office and being able to um, have that sort of reach. Um, you know, some of the films this year, uh, like RBG and Free Solo that are nominated for the Oscar and also had um, a theatrical run. I think I think it's just a really exciting time to be engaging with with broad international audiences in documentary. Do, do you think that the theatrical run is um, an essential part of um, releasing a documentary film to really, you know, get it in front of people? Or do you think because of the whole online scene now, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, even YouTube, that it's not as necessary anymore for theatrical? Or do you think theatrical is still super important for documentary filmmakers? It's a good question. I think, you know, the that it's not necessary and most documentaries do not follow that path, but, but what is nice about it is that it, it maintains the kind of cinema experience, the experience of actually going somewhere and the the darkening of the theater, the the light of the screen coming to life, being immersed in that world for just a minute instead of, you know, on your computer with your cell phone next to you. Maybe you're also doing work and eating dinner and um, you know, we're we're so used to multitasking and um, we're so distracted by so many things that I think that theatrical experience is so important. And I hope the documentary film can live in it. That said, it's an exciting time that so many people can get access to documentary just through their computer or their smartphone. Um, and I think that is really where documentary has been thriving and will continue to thrive. Yeah, and I actually saw an interview with Michael Moore where he spoke about, he's like, you know, people work all week long and they're stressed out about things. And when the weekend comes, they still want to go to the, the cinema and they want to sit there and the lights go down. And they want to see that movie on the screen and have that experience. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely you know, agree with you. It's definitely that it's exciting to have that theatrical experience. Um, <clears throat> so let me uh, speak to you for a moment um, about uh, your film, A Girl Named C, uh, which is our closing night documentary. Um, so it had its. Uh, well, let's let's talk about sort of how how this film came about, um, how <clears throat> you found out about the story, and, and why you decided to turn it into a documentary. Absolutely. So I, I'm a journalist, uh, and I was working at the time at the Huffington Post, and I was uh, working on the investigative magazine called Highline there and, and covering a plethora of issues, um, everything from uh, drug and weapons trafficking across the Saharan to the refugee crisis in Syria um, to corporate corruption in the U.S., and I was also covering sexual abuse, and I receive a lot of emails as, uh, you know, as a journalist, a lot of people reach out, sending tips, sending stories, um, and I was really struck by an email I got one day um, about a little girl uh, named C, um, and what had happened to her in her elementary school. And the email requested uh, that I be open to being in touch with the family. And I said yes. And um, that person put me in touch with the family. And I had my initial conversation with them and with C. And what they were looking for was that they had, you know, had been through this enormous trauma and had seen my work and were wanting to tell um, their story, and she was wanting to tell her story. So they came to me really in the context of the news media and, and as a reported story. And um, over time, I, I kind of um, kind of guided them away from that because of a number of reasons. One, because of her age, and uh, you know, having that anonymity. Another is corroboration. Um, and I also just didn't feel it was going to give them what they were looking for. But at the same time, C was developing her own kind of small documentary project about what happened to her. And as we got to know her and her family over a year, um, and we discussed the idea of a documentary. Um, that's kind of how it came to life. And it wasn't until really a year after um, I had gotten to know them and, and spent a lot of time talking to C that, that I decided to move forward with the project. And at first, was the family, how did the family react to you approaching them? Was it kind of awkward at first? Were they a little resistant at first? Or were they right away very comfortable about it? Well, because they were approaching me, they had asked someone to, to connect with me. So it was actually um, not uncomfortable because it was them seeking someone to help them tell the story. So I wasn't, I wasn't coming to them and saying, I heard this happen to you. Let me, you know, let me come into your life. It was the other way around, which makes it my job a lot easier, and which is usually not the case. Um, but in this, in this instance, it was. And, and honestly, I, I, if they hadn't come to me, I, I wouldn't have pursued it because, you know, she's a young girl, and um, unless this really came from her and was something she really felt that she wanted to do and was able to do, and I felt confident that it was going to be safe and healthy for her to do so. You know, I, I wouldn't have pursued it, but she, she was so determined, and her story was so powerful, and she was so just brilliant and eloquent and precocious. She was 12 years old when we first uh, started speaking. Um, and so, you know, from the beginning, I felt really connected to them. And, I, and I, I, like I said, I get a lot of stories that come across 
you know, my desk and um, I was just, I just couldn't turn away from this one. I couldn't say, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck with the story. Unfortunately, I can't pursue it right now. I felt like I had to do this, even if it wasn't going to be in my kind of day-to-day job, that this would be something outside of, you know, my, my nine to five that I would, that I would pursue with them. Did you always know you eventually wanted to make films or did, or did you, were you just, you know, were you working as a journalist and then it's sort of just something that you evolved into or did you know from the very beginning of your years working in journalism that eventually you wanted to get into documentary? Sort of that, or did that just sort of happen organically over time? Well, I think I actually came to it the opposite way uh, in that I was making, um, I started making documentaries when I was 13. Um, my first documentary was called The Left Lockers, and it was about gay teens in religious high schools. Um, and so I, I, for some reason, was really got a sense from the get-go that film, you know, had the power to uh, affect people, that it could affect policy, um, that it could be, you know, a rallying call, that it could um, address injustice. And I, I think I felt that very early and so I started making films um, as a kid and was screening in some festivals as, as, as a kid as well and um, I my first job out of college was in journalism um, but within journalism I was still doing film and I was doing photography and I was writing so I was you know I started out in multimedia so I was getting to develop you know my my filmmaking skills as well as my journalism skills and tandem um, and I had studied politics and international relations, which was what I did my master's in as well. So the, I kind of those three things, the filmmaking, the journalism, and the kind of policy um, background all kind of came together. Uh, and, and so they all kind of created the, the um, synthesis to be able to kind of make these types of uh, films about really difficult issues. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about um, the world of fiction filmmaking at all, or are you mostly just focus on, on is nonfiction your, your primary focus? So, you know, I love narrative films. I actually think I love narrative films more than I love documentary films. And I am so in awe of people who can make them, but it's a whole nother beast. I was, um, I did some acting as a kid in film and television and it's just a completely different operation. Um, you know, you're managing massive teams. You're uh, you're coming up, you know, with the scene by scene, take by take idea of what it's going to look like. You know, I I always think of it as if you know, um, in in documentary, you have really a mound of clay and you're chipping away at it to find the story. Whereas in narrative, you're you're building it up like you already know what's going to go in it and you're and you're building it as you go whereas a documentary you're trying to find the story within this kind of mound um and so i think it's a totally different process and i i would love to pursue you know a narrative opportunity way down the road but i i don't know that i'm there yet it's a bit daunting yeah. for me <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting with documentary filmmaking because sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. Whereas, like you said, with 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 a narrative, you have the script laid out already, um, and other than maybe some improv, you basically know. But with documentaries, sometimes things you weren't even expecting, especially when you're doing something investigative. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a very 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 different 
very different type of thing. Um, okay, now um, what are your plans with uh, a girl named C? Is it um, are you doing the festivals now? Are you planning a release? Uh, do you have any sort of distribution in place right now, or you're not you're not up to that yet? So we are uh, we premiered at Austin Film Festival, and we're doing our festival run now. We showed at St. Louis. We have upcoming showings at Sonoma and San Luis Obispo and Cleveland um, and a number of others. And then uh, we are also in the process of um, looking for the right distribution for it. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to get it you know, onto some great platforms. And importantly, we, you know, we're really working to get it into schools uh, because we would love for kids to see this film and to use it as, as the beginning of a dialogue for kids to talk about, you know, what is consent? How do we deal with sexual abuse? How do we deal with respecting each other and, and learning how to treat one another? Because this really starts, you know, from the beginning. It starts from elementary school. And, you know, you see kind of the case of uh, Brett Kavanaugh and, and the Supreme Court and, and uh, Dr. Christine uh, Blasey Ford. And you think, okay, this was, she was a little girl and she wasn't, she couldn't speak up. It was such a taboo. She was so traumatized. Well, see, is that girl and she is speaking up. And so we can really gain insight from her on, you know, what it really means to go through something like this. And, you know, that's that's why I think we want to get it to as many kids as possible, as well as a, a more formal um, international distribution. So once once you get into the distribution side of it, um, you, you're going to try to get it into into the schools on some level, try to get it in front of in front of students. Absolutely. That's yeah. a big priority for us. Great, great. Okay. Um, and one last question. Um, if you had any advice to give to any uh, filmmakers who are looking to make their first documentaries, um, anything in particular you'd want to share? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, so many things. I think, you know, this is not just for documentary, but across the board, but um, persistence and perseverance is really the key to everything, at least I've done. Um, and it's so hard to make films. It's so hard to, you know, engage in kind of long-form relationships, long-term relationships with subjects, get the right funding, get the right crew. But um, if you're passionate enough about a subject matter and believe that it needs to be, a story needs to be told, then you just can't stop trying and going for it. So it's, it's really about, um, to me, it's about persistence. And sometimes it's about just making the decision to go do something, even if you don't have the right, you know, fund or you don't have the right, um, you know, all the all the people that you, you needed lined up. Um, sometimes you just have to go into the field and, and start making the film. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Emily Cassie, director of A Girl Named C, playing Thursday, February 7th, closing night feature documentary of the Big Apple Film Festival. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Looking forward okay. to it. Thanks. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye.